Hello and welcome to On The Rocks from Y Yoga Studios. My name's Matt Dan and with me are Colin. Hello Matt. And Robbie. Hey Matt, hey everyone. And today we're going to talk about first steps and starting your journey. So Colin, when you start a journey, do you need a destination? Or can you just step out of your door and just go somewhere? So preparing this episode, I was actually thinking about it and I think maybe the um, a starting point would be to define what a journey is and what a destination is and I think because at the end of the day a journey is different than a trip it's not necessarily that you and I'm going to answer the question through that yeah it's not necessarily that you need a destination per se but still we are expecting to have an ending to a journey so a journey to me is more a wish or a moment in our lives that we are ready to explore different things, that we are ready to step out of our comfort zone, of going to uncharted territories, going paths that we haven't taken before. But yet we don't necessarily, we can, it it might be possible that we know where where we are heading to, but most of the time we'll probably be heading towards one direction, but yet take other paths. Maybe the end of the journey is going to be different than the idea we had of the end of it or the destination we had. So in that sense, I think we, we might need a, a destination. We, we might like to have a destination. It doesn't mean necessarily that the end will be the destination we planned and that the journey is having, will have the, the thing happening or the, 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 the experience happening that we expected. Yeah, and that's how all the best road movie plots work, right? Exactly, exactly. You have to go on a journey somewhere, but along the way, you stop off somewhere and you learn something big about life. This is a very positive spin on starting a journey with kind of thinking about a destination. What about if we're starting a journey because we're trying to escape where we are now? So that's also interesting because I actually asked myself, okay, what defines a journey? What defines exploring? And I think that's maybe the the risk when we start a journey is to, or at least it's the difference that I made trying to think about it. It's the difference between to explore, which is, the, in my opinion, the definition of a journey. We try to explore different paths, different questions that we have for ourselves. And we have to make the difference between explore and to escape and potentially also and to plan a journey. So escape, exploring, and to plan. And I think those are three different aspects. It, they, they might all lead to a certain a certain type of journey, but I think they will. Um, they have their risks and their, their opportunities. And I think to escape can be part of a journey, but it's not a journey on, you, on itself. And it might be a risk also as we feel maybe a discomfort in our life, a moment that we need some changes and that might be the beginning of a journey. But we might, as we try to escape that feeling, we might also take a longer time to reach the end of it. So in the end, Robbie, is it the journey that usually is more important than the destination? Can we think I'm just going to set out and I, and Shangri-La will arrive at some point? I think both are equally important. Of course, it's nice to have a destination. I think, yeah, sometimes, yeah, you said that we don't really know where we want to go. So, yeah, maybe you don't know a destination or at least a, a target yet. But I think once you be on that path, you started the journey, you're starting to figure out that, okay, that's that's the place I want to be. I think to me, they're evenly important. 
of course, maybe in a new age world, people would say that journey is the destination. We like to focus on maybe on a spiritual journey. So, so of course, in that yogic context, spiritual context, you could say, especially in a path of yoga, the destination is the self. So I think we need to clarify the nature of the journey we have, or the nature of the quest. We have the outer quest and the inner quest, right? So especially in this contemporary yoga world, sometimes we go to India, Bali, to California, to Costa Rica, and it's great, but it's still more of an outer quest. And of course, maybe once you're there, you can also focus on the other aspects, but you don't always need to go far to distant lands. You just simply um, go to your garden, to your terrace, to a park, and and then that's where you do that so-called inner journey. So when people come to the studio, if you know that they're basically their journey is about running away from something or their journey is about going to somewhere, do you feel like there's something different that they can be offered from a yoga practice? I think it's a great question. And, and of course, it always depends on the person, on that situation, and your current, let's say, state of mind, physical state also, because yoga is so big, so flexible that you can always adjust and offer different tools. And of course, yoga, the practice of yoga also has to change as we age, depending on really on that state. And I think that's, that's, that's why it's so important to understand how do we really analyze or understand the the mental changes, fluctuations, right? So what's what's behind that current stress, depression, maybe even an imbalance in the physical body, right? Because based on that, once we at least have a bit of understanding, then then maybe we can we can offer something. And of course, a lot of times we need to be willing to adjust that. We need to be willing to choose another path. We need to be willing to ask new questions. And I think it's always a constant dialogue. Let's say if you want to work with a teacher, a mentor, that it's an ongoing dialogue with that teacher, mentor, but also with yourself. This is how we can really, I think, find the right journey for us at that moment. Okay, I like the idea of asking questions. My my experience would always have been to to wait for prompt from the outside world or from God or the universe or something else. So, Colin, how does inspiration play into it? You just decide one day, okay, I'm going to start doing this or that because you feel inspired to. Is that a good basis on which to start a journey? I think inspiration is always a good start for anything and basically a journey can be a artistic process it can be an internal journey as ruby talked about i don't think necessarily we need inspiration we because sometimes a journey starts by itself i'm not sure it's always a conscious beginning as we enter a journey but potentially as we go through it and as we process it becomes clearer and clearer and eventually we arrive at the at the end of it as we enter a new yoga class, so we when we start when we go for the first time to a yoga practice, we might just have the inspiration of the wish to start something different, to to try something. We don't necessarily know where we are heading to, but it's just uh, going through that through that thing. So of course, it's helping to bring some changes. It's helping to discover new things, but at least it's keeping the open mind. We shouldn't be blocked at some point by our goal, by our, what we were inspired by. And that's, I think, the, the beauty of a journey also is to be surprised to be, to allow ourselves 
as in a yoga class, we know basically that at the end it will be Shavasana. For most of the class, it will be Shavasana, but we allow ourselves to be open to whatever comes in between, between the moment we start and the end of it. And we shouldn't be too blocked by whatever goal we, we set in the beginning of that, whether it's conscious or unconscious. So it means sometimes in our class, we just have to go, okay. <laughs> <laughs> And within our limits also, within within what we are willing to do or not. Yeah. And as Rupi mentioned, we're like the, the, a yoga almost for everyone, not necessarily everyone is willing to go to yoga, but at least we have to also maybe sit down and, and listen to what we need and accept that to our limitations also. And that's also part of the journey. It's especially, um, I think, in yoga, it's to a self-discovery also, accepting something about us, discovering some new things about us. And, and after that, it's all about what we do with that. If we're going to go on a journey, we clearly need some things. And perhaps it is a little foolish to step out of the door without your raincoat on if you live in, in Belgium or whatever. So <laughs> if, we, if we're beginning a new start, um, we probably do need to think about things that are going to help us, things we need to bring along. So not forgetting to put on your raincoat is one one extreme. Um, the other extreme, now we know that the Dutch like to make fun of us Belgians. Occasionally we get to make fun of the Dutch. Every summer you see an exodus of the Dutch nation driving south in their caravans. And they have packed absolutely everything. I remember a Dutch car towing a caravan and there were at least 48 rolls of toilet paper packed in the back because you know clearly they thought that either French toilet paper was inferior or they didn't use it. <laughs> That's another extreme where really, you know, we, we where there's too much and too much can can bring us down, can hinder us. So what do you think we should pack for our spiritual journey, for a new beginning? That might not be a spiritual journey. Maybe the new beginning is, you know, to give up smoking or give up drinking or whatever. What what do we need to pack? If you talk about spiritual journeys, I always like to say travel light, right? Because spiritual journeys are all about traveling beyond the ordinary senses, I'll, I'll believe. So the more we bring, the more distractions you might have. And again, it's not bad, but if, if that's your true intention to go on a spiritual journey, then I think it's, it's, it's important that you travel light. And of course, you can leave your belongings behind. They'll be here for you. But that's really, if, if that's your deep deep desire to transform any deep desire to travel within there's going to be a moment you need to leave the world of senses behind right and that means toilet paper gadgets iphones all these things you can't take these gadgets to those places right and of course they can be helpful gather information feel safe stay connected to your family friends but there's going to be a moment if you really want to start that deeper, deeper inner journey. We need to step beyond the senses. We need to leave attachments behind. We need to be able to travel light. I also, because Colin knows me that I like gadgets, expensive <laughs> toys. <laughs> and uh, I, I spend a lot of time also going on journeys, retreats, teacher trainings. I went to India, to Bali, to the US. When I went to India, I really wanted to travel light. And when you spend 
more than months, couple of weeks abroad with your gadgets, your toys, your furniture, everything that you accumulated. And, and I think with time you realize like, oh, actually my whole life is in a backpack or little rucksack. Like you, you don't need a lot of things. But in order to understand or, or just simply realize that, yeah, sometimes you need to go away. And when you come back, you just realize like, oh my God, I have so many useless stuff around me. Do you mean that spiritually as well? I think, yeah. It's, um, I think there's going to be a, talk, a topic about um, spiritual materialism. And it, it's great to have all these toys. Toys meaning expensive yoga clothes, branded yoga clothes, branded yoga mats. It's great, but I think it's, it's still for the, the senses, right? We like colors. We like nice touch, nice fabrics, nice smell. We like organic food, uh, sattvic food. But in the end, it's only for the mind. Of course, we need to feed the mind. We need to feed the body with quality, you could say energy, but there's also a limit to it, how far you go, right? Do you need to go to India and pose in the latest um, yoga wear from New York? That's questionable, right? I'm smiling throughout all of that, but I am still listening. Um, all of those lovely things that he described are available for sale in the Y Yoga shop. <laughs> not all of them, not all of them. <laughs> no, we, we, try, and we try, exactly, and we, we try also to, at least to defend a little bit <laughs> the studio, we try to also be responsible and sustainable with what we, we the, the, choice, the choices that we make here. So yeah. no matter what, it is true that we're a little bit part of it, I don't deny but we also try to be conscious about it, to know where it's coming from, what it is made of, who's working on that, what are the values behind the companies that are doing it. One of the things that I think we, we're trying to do our best here, and we, if we do not resonate with that anymore, then we try to slowly change. Of course, it's not always easy, but we try to, to change that and to bounce back also on what Roby just said. I think it's, it's exactly what I, try to, what I try to say in the beginning. I mean, like, whether you want to pack a lot or not, it's for me the difference between you planning your trip or you're just going going for it. And indeed, at some point you can plan as much as you want, but you will the weather will change. You will need a raincoat and you didn't plan it. And, and that's going to change your experience, your exploration. And that's when the journey becomes interesting because it's, it's the moment you start to question yourself, whether it's spiritually or in a real travel if it's giving a um, a proper outing to your new yoga leggings, if that's what gets you into the studio and meets somebody and sets you on a journey where eventually you don't care about the leggings you're wearing, I think that's fine. That's partly a little bit my experience. And I think it also depends on the um, the environment, right? Like here, here in the West, big cities, yoga studios, of course, that's the outfit. That's how yogis walk around. But again, is that appropriate if you go to uh, another land, right? Like in India, do you still need to bring that same fashion, same same sort of mindset? And and I think that's questionable, right? I think we always need to 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 be open to drop some of these layers that we carry. And I think it's also just simply being polite, right? If you go to a temple in India, it's it's not about taking sexy photos in handstand, right? And I think. I'd the end of the day we'll probably talk about it in the next session but it's also trying not to identify with all those tools leggings great yoga mass that we have it's to try to know that it's of course it can be enjoyable nobody's denying it we all want to look good when we practice we all want to have a, a mat which is grippy enough that we can easily do our down dog 
But is that ultimately necessary? We we can do without it. It's just it just for some of the tools makes the practice easier. For some others, make us feel better. But let's all try to be realistic and be honest with ourselves of what are the reasons because at the end of the day that's what yoga is also about it's be conscious of what our choices and after that it doesn't mean that we can't make the same but at least we are a little bit more grounded we are a little bit more aware of the reason why we do that so there is no problem having a lululemon whatever i'm not a fan of the brand but at least if you know why i still have a lululemon legging i know where i bought it who made it and uh And it's just, a, it becomes a conscious choice. And I also add something to that. It's just a funny story that um, for me, like yoga mats were always having my own yoga mat. The quality mat was a, was a big thing. And also Colin knew me from the beginning that when I had my first expensive yoga mat, and I was very sensitive to that, who touched it, who stepped on it. And of course, with time, it's inevitable that people will touch your mat, they will step on it. Some sometimes your friends, your loved ones might use that. And it was also interesting for me to see like I became less and less touched by what people did to my mat. Sometimes I had a very nice mat here in the studio, Jade Mat. And then every now and then Colin would give it to students to practice on it. And and I was lectured. And and, and of course with time I also realized that it's uh it's a nice thing to have. But I'm not super attached to to mats anymore, and and these days, actually, almost everyone can practice on my mat, and I'm also happy to practice on whatever mat. So it, probably if I go to to another place, I'll be happy to use their mats. And I think it's also just a different experience to basically just to experience something new and just watch your mind, how you create these that these attachments, how you really protect these 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 little objects so-called spiritual objects i hope sometime we talk about spiritual objects because i think um like you said they're they're a double-edged sword they can be a help but they can at some point they can also be a hindrance and they're not taking you the whole of the way of the journey and to go back to a journey and and a start a really basic point You know, what brings you to a new beginning, to a start? We've talked a little bit about inspiration. How do you know when you need to do that? I'm I'm thinking, I'm sure all of us can think about, you know, relationships we've had in the past where when we look back, we figure, well, we should have left like a year before or six months before or whatever. Um, and certainly most recently for me, leaving my last job, when I look back, um, I should have gone, uh, I should have gone like two years before. And when I look back, I can see the signs telling me, pushing me out gently. For many of us, we absolutely have to be confronted with something that will finally make us move. What can we do to be sure that we're looking for the signs of, of starting a new journey, of, of moving away from something or moving towards something in a more gentle way that we don't have to have the universe confront us with bad health, someone's death, a lack of money, a, a loss of job. Those are the times when a lot of us think, okay, now I need to start a new journey. When you reflect back, you think, actually, the signs were there before. What are some of the signs? How do we know when to start? Well, to me, it's uh, the whole life is, is, is just a big journey, right? 
you can I don't think you can say that you're never on a journey. The way I see my own life, I'm always on a journey and next to that I'm part of some smaller journeys depending on which side journey I want to take, but there's this big adventure we have so-called life. And I don't think you can ever say that you're not on a journey, you're not on an adventure. Yeah, a lot of times you're not really conscious of that. But to make that really conscious that you're on a journey, yeah, of course, there's a lot of material. Uh, take care of your body, that's a good good start. Take care of what you put in your body, what you drink, what you eat, um, how much you sleep, people that you surround yourself with. And, 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 and a lot of things, of course, you can and bring up here, but it's all about physical health. What do you need to take care of yourself today, tomorrow? Notice that your body is going to change, your needs will change. There are moments when you need to give your body something else. And at the same thing comes to come to your mind, meaning the, the mental uh, health, right? I think, and a lot of times you say that mental health is even more important on that that should be maybe the main priority because the physical body is just a is just an outer manifestation of the mind right so if i want to make a change on the outer uh, let's say in the physical world i need to look at the inner world because the outer world is just simply a manifestation of the inner universe you could say so how can i take care of my mental health of course a lot of things you can do we already mentioned, brought up the topic of mindfulness, meditation, sitting, reflection, simply reading, self-study, taking a walk in nature, just simply being with yourself. And I think it's more for me because I like to be social. At the end of the day, I'm still more of an anti-social being. I like to be with myself. And maybe when you step on this really, let's say, inner quest, I think you find peace you find happiness when you're on your own a lot of times and you're content with, with <clears throat> yourself, right? I mean, that brings me to the next question, which is, you know, starting this journey, are, are you always going to be alone or can you take a companion along? Whether that companion be another person or a dog or, or a book or a yeah. philosophy. Uh, before answering that question, I just want to answer to what Robert just said. I think even before all those tools, it's about probably also acknowledge, uh, acknowledging where we are at. Because before starting to sit down, before starting to self-reflect, we need first to not to be fearful to admit that we feel uncomfortable, that we feel sometimes unhappy, or that there is something that we feel blocked and I think for me, that's really the moment where you start, because from the moment you can accept that, acknowledge that, and as you took the example of a, a toxic relationship or a place where you feel that you could have moved earlier, it's you you knew that before, it is just for different kind of reasons. And sometimes we find ourselves excused, sometimes it is just the reality of it that we need a job because we need a job and we need to pay the bills. But we tend to be so focused on that that we forgot that there are other ways also and that if we first accept that we are unhappy, that we feel stuck, that we are that it doesn't we, we reach also sometimes is that we reach the limit of a relationship, whether it's a job or whether it's a it's a romantic relationship, which is like I cannot give anything anymore or it doesn't work anymore. But sometimes it's more comfortable to to stay in those relationships than it is to get out of it. And that's the moment that's to me, the first step of it is to realize that we choose comfort over 
stepping out of it. And from that moment, you can start to reflect. You can start to to do the work to indeed see what you can change. As as for are we alone or not? I think we are never alone. We are never alone in a in a journey. Whether we have a book, a dog, a teacher, a guru, whatever we want to call it, that's sometimes those people or those things are going to be conscious or unconscious. And sometimes you will have a companion during through throughout this this journey. And again, I think the the metaphor of of a yoga class is the same. You have the teacher there, and you have the people you're practicing with. You can also practice at home, and each of those practices can be nice. You can have people to practice with without a teacher. You can practice alone with a teacher. You can practice alone without anyone, and they're all gonna bring you something probably on a different level. So I would say that. One, we are never alone because we we feed ourselves, we feed our reflections with the people we meet, the the animals we have, and sometimes an animal can be can be a help, even if they can't talk, can be a source of solace for us. It doesn't change the fact that at the end of the day, it's going to be within ourselves that we will find those those elements that we need. But it's just we we allow other people to feed to nourish that that reflection. Maybe just one last thought on when is it right or when when is really the time to begin that journey. As mentioned, for me, life is is just a big, big journey, and this journey is full of lessons to be learned, full of lessons to discover, and and I believe that we all have some some lessons to learn here. And yeah, you might say that I'm in a toxic relationship. Or I'm always ending up with the same guy, same girl. I'm always ending up in that same um, environment. But I think it's also you. Once you learn that lesson, when it comes down to relationship, money, health issues, once you learn that lesson, I think you'll be ready to choose maybe another one. Maybe choose another adventure. Or maybe the the end of the journey will be at least in this life, the big Shavasana. Which you've talked about before. The big Shavasana, everyone, is when you lay down and die. I was in the Boy Scouts. Not for very long. <laughs> but for long enough to to learn orienteering. So, if your English vocabulary doesn't extend to orienteering, orienteering is the practice of going out on a journey Uh, you have to go from one place to another. Often you're given clues as to find the other place. But the, the most important thing is you use an ordnance survey map. And an ordnance survey map is the kind of map that doesn't just have the roads on it and the cafes by the road and places where you can stop and picnic. It also has, you know, how high is this hill? Um, if you want to walk at a hundred meter level, it's it's here. You know, where is there a well? Where is there a sty to go over a fence? I mean, it's really very, very, very detailed map. How do we find the right map, the right guide to help us on our journeys? You can't simply, if you're if you're a yogi, you can't simply dive into a Sanskrit version of the Bhagavad Gita. That just isn't going to be the right guide for you. What should you do? What should you be open to? What you should? What should you be looking for? What should you be seeking in order to find the right guide? And that guide might also, as as Colin said, that guide might also be a teacher or a guru. How does that happen? How should we let that happen? 
Uh, first of all, I believe that you need to know more or less, at least have um, have a clear or clear idea where do you want to be, or where do you want to get to, what is the the aim of that journey, right? If you can answer that, of course, the tools, the guides will be very different, right? If if your main purpose is to get into meditation, of of course, there are a lot of resources out there, books, teachers, programs. Of course, it's always nicer to talk to someone who already walked that path and, and can share some of the dangers, pitfalls, risks, and, and some of the stories so you can have a better or make a more informed decision. And again, when it comes down to, for example, improving your physical practice, again, you know, there's so many styles out there. What is the style? What's the teacher? What, what's the lineage that talks to you, right? Get some materials, get some books, and talk to, again, some, some, some folks who maybe spent a couple of years in that area that, can, uh, that these people can guide you. I think, yeah, you always need to know at least, I want to go to India, but it's it's quite vague. You need to know what you want to learn in India, right? Of course, we can sometimes just go with the flow and see what life brings us. I still believe it's nice to have at least a few side side destinations or some some points or some maybe cities, sites, some teachers, some some places that you want to visit. That may be the difference also between the journey and losing yourself. Also. So uh, we're getting sort of yin and yang here. Robbie needs a destination and several pit stops on the way. And Colin is just going to go out and let it happen and lose himself. And that's good. It's great that there's yin and yang at the studio. And I guess, depending on where you're starting from and your personality type, one of those things is going to suit you or you're going to find some something halfway i think it's it's more that the destination i think for us seekers in that's the ultimate destination journey back to the self as you journey as you take this journey you need to be willing to embrace the unknown all the other little adventures that come but there has to be i think for us yogis seekers an ultimate destination know that Life has a purpose, life has a meaning. It's not just a random thing. We're just floating on a moat of dust in the universe. I think it, it maybe Colin would say, no, it has no meaning. But I, I believe that there's, there's intelligence, there's meaning, there's purpose, there's, there's reason why here we're here. I'll nuance a little bit also that it's not that I don't think you need no destination. I think it's just that probably the the destination if the answer to the question which was at the origin of the journey which means that once you resolve that question once you resolve that place of discomfort or that place of need of change maybe then that's your destination if you come back to that to, to that point you might know where your destination is but you don't know the way you'll take and sometimes that ending it will be different than the one you expected because it's not going to be moving to another country or changing job that's going to bring you what you were looking for. And maybe throughout this journey, you might find out that there are other ways to find the same end results, to find the answer to that question. And yet, 
it's a it's a completed. So that's what I mean by not necessarily plan everything, not necessarily know exactly where you're heading to, because sometimes it can be also constricting. You might feel blocked even in the in the answer of the question in the journey itself. You might also feel that you packed too much toilet paper that you didn't need it, while you could have discovered something as you were on your way. Okay, I'm not regretting bringing up toilet paper. <laughs> <laughs> can we always start from where we are, Colin? Often the eight limbs of yoga are presented not as limbs, but as a stairway or a ladder. And that you start with uh, the yamas and niyamas and then the asana and etc. In some ways that can provide an excuse to not do anything. If you um, interpret brahmacharya to mean uh, celibacy, then you're never going to start on your path of yoga, or at least I'm not. So... Can we start from where we are and what do we do, you know, what do we do about procrastination? What do we do about saying, well, you know, I, I will do this when I reach there. How do we start from where we are? How do we, how do we find the strength, the knowledge, the, the tools, the help? How do we do that to, to help us to stop procrastinating, to get rid of all of those reasons why we shouldn't start our journey today that we know we have to take or that we know we want to take? I think as for procrastination, to me procrastination, and we all procrastinate at a time, I'm like, I'm also sometimes Google anything just because it's a, it's an easy way to escape doing what I really have to do and to basically not face the truth. And during studies also, I mean, like we all face moments during studies that we're like, ah, oh, let's watch this thing and I'll start immediately afterwards. And then you do the second and the third and then you have a walk and then you end up failing your exam. And that's basically ultimately what procrastination is. It's, to me at least, it's a sort of defense mechanism. It's to as I mentioned before, is to choose staying in a comfort zone that what we know rather than getting out of it. And that's, I think, a human thing to do. One of the probably the hardest first step to make is to first acknowledge the fact that we do it and, uh, and, uh, and realize that. And I think we all do and we all know it when we do it. It's just acknowledge really, accept. And then after that, we can probably make the next step, which is trying to change and it's it's not necessarily probably to change everything at once to try to go from zero to a hundred but sometimes it's just taking the time to change a little thing maybe watch one episode and then really stop there and and be committed to that and then maybe next time we'll watch the first five minutes and and do it gradually and um and f if you have the strength i mean like changing everything at once but i think it's it's most of the time harder it's it's like a it's like quitting smoking. I was a heavy smoker also, and um, I needed a couple of attempts and a couple of like next month, next week, or I, I'll wait for this. So I like just to to say to my parents that I was a smoker also was a constant postponing until the moment I ended up at the, at the hospital and the doctors have told them. So it was an easy way for me to not to do it. If I look back, it was probably, it would have been probably way easier to do it earlier. It's also accepting that sometimes we are a little bit cowards and that it's it's easier to to stay where we are than to change and to accept the change and to accept uh, accept that we're imperfect for me the, the first step in procrastination i think we uh, we can all start where we are 
procrastination is also probably part of the process because it, it requires us to accept, to realize that in order to start. So it, it might be part of the journey, also procrastination. It's the moment where maybe that's the the embodiment of the discomfort we feel, of the need of change. And that's if we can realize that, then we can start maybe to move on with the journey. We might talk about this later, the kleshas, um spiritual seekers as yogis there's going to be a day in your life when you learn about this concept yogi concept of the klesha spiritual obstacles on the path and procrastination is just basically one manifestation of of one of the kleshas basically that need to push away unpleasant right because it's not really pleasant to sit down and, and and prepare for an exam it's nicer to go out with friends it's nicer to watch a movie but i think it's it's so nice to understand this concept because it's it's uh, it's really an ancient teaching but it's still so relevant these days just to see all the manifestations of likes and dislikes and how they really play with us and once you see behind that okay again it's just one of those clashes um starting to bubble up or manifest in my life then i can look at it like okay I am aware of that, but I can also make a choice like maybe I'm going to do the work at least five minutes, 20 minutes every day, just a bit of physical practice. Maybe I sit down to read, maybe at least every morning I'm going to do my own smoothie rather than going to the local bakery or or just simply creating one healthy meal a day i think it's already a good good start yeah i when i look back on my um the beginning of my own personal asana practice it was just five minutes i think it's 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 yeah it's it's a good start yeah and it's just the hum human mind will um will always have this self-talk that a good practice needs to be 90 minutes long and, and of course it's nice to have a complete practice but sometimes this is what we have to be kind and loving and forgiving to yourself. And that's that's already great. In in life, in the rest of life, not that this isn't life, it's probably more life than the rest of life, but the people who seem to be the ones who achieve, actually they just go out and do the little things that the rest of us just talk about doing. And they're not really doing so much more. So in preparing these questions, I kind of put in a little facetious question, which is, should I go to India? Now I'm thinking you both know the movie Kill Bill, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So in Kill Bill, the, the assassins, in order to be the best, in order to do the journey, you know, they have to travel the world um, to find the best Kung Fu master. And then they have to live with the Kung Fu master for God knows how long and do horrible things. And then you have to go and find... Uh, the best Japanese sword maker and then spend another, I don't know, two years making the best Japanese sword. And then finally you're ready to go back to some trailer park in America and chop some woman's head off. Mm -hmm. Hollywood gives us a very clear picture of great spiritual journeys and it usually involves traveling to India or Tibet and having the Dalai Lama rub your blonde hair. We can't all do that. Is that really necessary at some point? If you're a real seeker, Robbie, do you need to do this? Or can we, you know, can can that journey begin 
and end and take place right here and be of course I, I don't i don't think you need to go to that far and we don't always have the money the means the time to go that far of course it's nice to 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 go to distant lands but even if let's say we live here in belgium they're they're great places ashram's place um you could just simply go out and spend a couple of days nights out in the wild forest that's um that's perfect but if you're looking for of course those teachers indian teachers it's it's it's, it's a bit harder to find here so yeah i i think you can be a good yogi without going to india and, and you'll find great teachers here in the west maybe these days because yoga now also embraces latest science and what we learned about the brain, the nervous system, and, and some of the things we're missing, let's say, in the Indian teachings. And, and I think if you find a teacher that can combine Eastern and Western understanding of the human body and mind, I think you'll be, you'll be in a good place. And a lot of times, these teachers are not necessarily in India. They're more in, in the West. Just a couple of things before we finish this beginning of our journey. Things are going to change. What if we end up deciding that we needed to start again? Our false starts part of the journey is going back and sort of doing it again, but better the second time around. Is that valid? Is that going to happen? How do we treat ourselves in those situations? I think false starts are a little bit like procrastination it's just it is also another kind of full starts ultimately so as i said before it is probably part of part of the journey itself because it's just an attempt so i think the way we should see it with it's it's with kindness with compassion also when it happens just accepting that not everything we do is uh, is going to be successful and that's probably something we'll develop in the next episode also with the idea of uh, the ideas of rise and fall and that it, it is part of it and we shouldn't expect to succeed in everything we do we shouldn't as also roby mentioned we shouldn't expect everything to be pleasant or to be perfect it's it's to show ourselves compassion kindness understanding is there ever a time when it's too late to start robbie it's never too late no and and, and of course it also depends on the again the nature of the journey but yeah it's never too late i think once you have that willingness to to wake up you'll get the right messages right teachers and the right support as we're sitting here on the rocks in the y yoga studio the sun is streaming in through the window and the the new start that we have here at y yoga in this project um, by looking at how to have a better spiritual life through different themes. Um, it's beginning in March. It's when the spring solstice is. Does this coordinate well with your solitude in, in, in nature, Robbie? Is, is spring the time um, for us all to contemplate new starts rather than January 1st, where January 1st we all... You know, there's Veganuary and uh, Dry January. So many people fail to give up alcohol and become vegans from the 1st of January. Should they be starting it on the 21st of March? It's a perfect start. Spring is, um, 
it's it's an ideal it's an ideal beginning for for planting new seeds or just simply reconnecting with the the forces of nature because for so long at least in this part of the globe we're a bit locked up and it was quite cold and now we feel that something is changing out there the elements again are moving shifting and and i think we can already feel that shift within at least i feel it that for me it's harder and harder to be indoors it's harder to sit when the sun is shining we should we should uh, celebrate these new beginnings anything else we want to say about starting a new a new journey i have a quote if you want from nietzsche one of your favorite <laughs> <laughs> But it's a very short quote. If you Great, yeah. Which that, can be also a good uh, a good introduction for the next topic. Yeah, I, I, I have to, you know, was Nietzsche a yoga teacher? Was he a yogi? He is my guru. Ah, okay. <laughs> At least one of them. That's an important point. You're going to find inspiration and happiness and joy and uh, all kinds of things outside of the yoga studio and outside of reading the scriptures and meditating. Um, you're going to find that with friends, family, pastimes, hobbies, culture, reading, movies. Um, and we should um, enjoy that too. But anyway, let's close with Colin's guru, Nietzsche. <laughs> so the quote goes that way. Whoever has a mountain to move must also move valleys and hollows. And my last thought would be that um, courage. We need to have courage and just simply that remembering that we can never really fail. Failure is just a human creation. It's it's just an experience. It's just an adventure. You can never really be lost. Whatever you do in life, wherever you end up in life, is just simply pointing you back to your true nature. That's that's one of the fundamental fundamental teachings of yoga. You're never lost. Help is always there, and in the end, you'll you'll make it. Thank you for listening, and join us again in a week's time when we'll talk about rise and fall and success and failure. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. Thank you.